Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 3, Chapter 47. All troubles must be borne for the sake of eternal life. The Beloved. My son, do not let the hard work you have taken on for my sake crush you. Do not let any trouble make you lose heart completely. In all that happens, let my promise be your strength and consolation. The reward I have in store for you is both boundless and measureless. The time you are working here will not be long. You will not always have sorrows pressing upon you. Wait but a little while, and you will see all your miseries vanish in a trice. The time is coming when all your toil and trouble will be no more. Anything that passes with the passing of time cannot be but short-lived, cannot but matter little. Go on with what you are doing. Work faithfully in my vineyard. The reward you will have is myself. Go on writing, reading, singing, sighing, keeping silence, breathing your troubles like a man. It is well worth fighting all your present battles and even greater ones to gain eternal life. Peace will come at a time known only to the Lord. There will not be day and night as we know them now, but light that never wanes, brightness that has no bounds, peace never to be broken rest that shall be never disturbed. You will not say then, who is to set me free from a nature thus doomed to death? Neither will you cry, unhappy I, the days of my sojourn may have been prolonged. For death will be cast headlong, and salvation no more be in danger, no anguish then to torment you, but only blessed joy and the sweet and lovely companionship of heaven. If only you had seen the crowns of unfailing glory worn by the saints in heaven, seen how greatly they now rejoice there, though once the world scoffed at them and thought them hardly fit to live. You would certainly make yourself the lowest of the low and long to be at everyone's beck and call rather than lord it over a single person. You would not want to have a good time in this world but be glad to endure trouble for God's sake. As for being thought nothing of by men, that would seem to you the greatest of advantages. If you were really keen to get to heaven, if the thought of it went right home to your inmost heart, how would you have the effrontery to voice a single grievance? Surely, with eternal life as the prize, You ought to put up with all kinds of hardship. It's no a small matter, you know, this losing or gaining the kingdom of God. So look up to heaven. That is where I am. And with me, all my saints who in this life had a hard struggle of it. Here, at this very moment, they are rejoicing. At this very moment, comforted, safe and at rest. And here in the kingdom of my father will they stay in my company for time without end. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, 
ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The human will is drawn to good things through the intellect. For us to love things, for us to desire things, we have to, generally speaking, know about them. Generally speaking, one cannot love what one does not know. And so if we want to increase our desire for heaven, we need to present reasons, good things about heaven to our minds, so that then our wills will be drawn and attracted to it. And that's what this chapter does, isn't it? It speaks about heaven in a way that makes it so attractive. He brings home to us that it's no small thing, this kingdom of heaven. The rejoicing, the comfort, the safety, the rest, the being at company with Jesus without, without end. No more tears, no more dangers, no more anguishes, but blessed joy and sweet and lovely companionship. Think of the happiest moment of your life. Think of a party, a wedding banquet, something that you never wanted to end. That's a taste of heaven. Think of the loveliest moment you ever had with another human person. That's a taste of heaven. Think of the greatest companionship, the greatest gathering of friends you've ever enjoyed. It's a taste of heaven. And everything we have now, if only we could accept this, is worth it to get there. There was a new blessed, blessed Hannah, patron saint of nurses, a Polish saint. She was a nurse, a lay woman, looked after so many suffering people. And as she was dying, when she realized this is it, she said, I'm about to begin the greatest adventure of my life. Heaven is a great adventure. How? Because we're entering into the inner life of God. We're entering into the greatest mystery of which there will be in some sense continual revelations to us of how great God is. And so every adventure now, and someone like Blessed Hannah knew about adventure. She lived through the two great wars. She saw family members die. She began all kinds of nursing groups. She traveled all over Europe. She traveled to North America. She was trying to work within all kinds of systems to create nursing environments for people, including parish nursing programs. She loved to take care of people in their homes. She had many adventures in this life. But the greatest adventure is heaven itself. And so as we live adventures now, as we go through difficulties and obstacles to reach goals, we're preparing ourselves for heaven. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, what God has prepared for those who love him. Let us beg the Lord for the grace to think about heaven, 
Let us beg the Lord for the grace to understand something of the greatness of heaven so that we'll desire it and that we'll orient our whole life in that direction. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.